uh, from, um, as we used to know, the Y2K 2000. And uh, here we are almost 24 years later that that has happened, have gone by. Uh, a lot of have transpired in those 24 years now, just about. And, uh, but I tell you what, um, I know that every time that goes by, every day that goes by, every year goes by, it just means that it's the coming of the Lord is closer. The coming of the Lord is closer. I really believe that we are uh, in a time that uh, the, the Lord is coming back soon. You know, than ever before, and, and no, no wonder the world is a chaos, or, or everything's falling apart, nothing's, it's, it's trouble everywhere, but I tell, you, I tell you what, in spite of all of that, we hold on to the promises of God, we trust in the Lord, we trust in the Lord's Holy Spirit, we trust in the Lord's guidance in our life, and, 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 and as we are approaching uh, next week, we're celebrating the, the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, that over 2,000 years ago, we have been talking about uh, on, the, on a journey about the advent of the coming of the Lord, the ad, advent awakening in, within us, in our lives. And it's for us to remember that, um, that it's something significant in our life and special. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about the, the, uh, the anticipation of the Lord. We talked about, you know, the coming Messiah that is coming. And we, we started the month talking about He's coming into our lives and coming into our, into our homes and families. Uh, the, the anticipation, looking forward to His coming. And, and thank the Lord that He came. And tell the Lord that He's here. Um, because as, as we're looking for Him and, and all the time, the anticipation of the Lord. And, and I know every year, sometimes it gets repetitive and, and you know, it's another Christmas year and so on. But I believe that every year that Christmas comes around, it's, it's always special. It's always special to our life because it brings hope to our generation. It brings hope to our life and to, to humanity. That is the birth of the Lord. And we talk about his anticipation. But then last week, we talk about the awe of Advent, that, it, that we're amazed but who he is and, and, and what he represents in our life. Not only he show up, but also he brought marvelous things. He's counselor, wonderful in our lives. He, he brings hope to, uh, to our life that maybe... You know, we never thought it was there, but when you look into the promises of the Lord and, and Jesus in your life, there's hope for you. You know, no, no matter how, how, how low have you have gotten and, and you hit the bottom of your life and, and it looks terrible and it looks rough. But I tell you what, when you are in the bottom of the pit, there's only one way to look, to look up and to look up. And, and that's the hope that we have in Jesus. We have the hope in the Lord and, you know, and, and there, there's nowhere else to turn. There's nowhere, nowhere else you can look for than to look for the Lord Jesus Christ in our life. And that, that is hope. But in the midst of all of that, in the midst of that anticipation, in, in the midst of a, in, in, in the awe of his wonders, there is a requirement on behalf of us. There is something that is expected from us, and that is, is, is action. It takes action for it to happen. You know, we can look at it all you want, and you, you can stare at it all you want, but it requires a movement. It requires action on behalf of our lives, in behalf of our walk with God, that we understand that requires that out of us. And I want to talk to you for a moment on this topic about the Advent in action. We, we got to put sneakers to the message. We got to move our faith in the things of God, and it requires action. Because, you know, that is important. And as we gather in this season of Advent, you know, a time traditionally marked by, by anticipation and reflection, it will also be a good time to recognize as call to action. 
that there is action to what we are expecting. There is a requirement. And throughout the Bible, we see God calling his people to, to decisive action. Think of Noah. Think of Noah building the ark in a faithful response to God's warning. Consider Moses leading the, the Israelites out of Egypt in an act of immersed courage and trust in God's promise. And if you recall Esther bravely stepping forward to save her people, embattling the very ends of faith in action. You know, this is people who, who stepped out of their comfort zone to realize there's something greater. That if, that if I learn to step out, if I learn to step out in faith, if I learn to step out in my life, that there, there's something's going to happen. It requires action in our life. And if you can recall the first time you give your heart to Jesus, most likely you, you, you came out of the, your chair or the pew and you came to the altar. It required an action. It required a movement. And, and those are important things during this time of Advent in action in our lives. These stories are not just in ancient histories, but, but they are a reminder of a dynamic faith that we are called to live out in our life. When you read the stories and you hear about the, the bravery of each person in the Bible times, how, how, how we know God used them in a mighty way, how God used them in a powerful way to, to change the world, to change their people, or to change their environment. The same thing is required in our personal life. It requires action in our faith that we step out from our comfort zone and realize, you know what, if I keep doing the same thing that I'm doing, I will remain doing the same thing for a long time. But if I change it, if I change the course of my life, if I change the course of what I'm doing, I, I can step out and do something new or something great that I've never experienced in my life before. It requires action. It requires action. I, I, I have been, I, I've heard this before that what you do today, and if you don't change it, five years from now, you're doing the same thing. And, and that is so true. Five years go by. You know what? I'll get to it one day. Or I'll change it one day. Or, 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 or I'll make my life right one day. You know what? If you, don't re if you don't make action to that, and if you don't change it now, you will remain doing the same thing five years from now. And, and that is so true because we find ourselves holding back from what really we're capable of doing in our life. We hold back because we don't feel qualified enough. We hold back because we don't feel smart enough. We, we, we hold back because we feel like, hey, no, no, it makes no difference. It does make a difference if you step out in, in the will of God in your life. You step out in action. Well, let's talk about this for a moment. What, what kind of actions we're talking about? What does it require in my life to really to progress and go forward? Well, first of all, we need to understand repentance and forgiveness. Repentance and forgiveness, if we are going to put action to our life in, 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 in this Christmas season that we're talking about, for us to go forward as we anticipated the coming of the Lord, and we know he was coming, but then we're, we're marvel at his wonders of his life, but now it requires action from us. What does it require from us? For us to progress forward and for, for, us, for us to move forward, it requires repentance and forgiveness. Consider the powerful call of John the Baptist, a voice crying in the wilderness of the ancient Judea, yet choosing, you know, yet echoing through time to our hearts today. In the Gospel of Luke, we find these stirring words. It says in Luke chapter 3, verse 3, And he went into all the region around the, around the Jordan 
proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Now think about it. This call to repentance is, a, is, is as relevant today as it was 2,000 years ago. It calls that, it calls that, that demands our act, attention and action. In other words, if we're going to experience this repentance in our life, if we're going to experience these this, this wonders that we've been talking about in our life, if we're going to experience that transformation in my life, it requires action. It requires a repentance and forgiveness in our life. It demands our attention. If we're going to make a difference, repentance, listen to me, repentance is not a merely feeling sorry for our wrongdoing. It is a decisive turn from sin and a wholehearted turn toward God. It's not, well, I, I just feel bad about what I'm doing. I, I feel sorry. You know, you, you watch it on the news. You watch politicians. You watch people who say, well, I'm sorry. You know what? They're, they're sorry they got caught. Not sorry because of what they were doing. But when you have repentance in your life, repentance is totally turning around from one direction to the other direction. I was going in this direction, but now I experienced the hope of God in my life. So now instead of going this direction, I'm totally making a 180 direction and I'm going the opposite direction toward the presence of God in my life. And when that happens, there's a transformation that takes place in our life. But we have to be willing to understand and willing to let go and willing to surrender for us to experience the total repentance and forgiveness in our life. Because surface, it looks good, but deep inside, that's what the struggle is. That's where things are holding on in our life. And things, you know what, you, you've known, I know you people that, that struggle with that. They, they look good and they're doing great. But what happened, they never really let go of what's holding on to them. But it starts with repentance. You know what, it is an ad, admission that we have strayed from his ways and, 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 and a commitment to start anew in his grace in our life. I say, God... I'm not going that direction no more. I'm going into your direction because I've experienced the wonders and awe of your presence in my life. And I know that you are capable of changing my life. But it takes a surrender. John the Baptist prepared the way for his coming by, by, of Jesus by urging people to repent. And you know what? In this Advent season, we are anticipating or anticipate the celebration, the birth of our Savior, we're, to, we're called to prepare our hearts through repentance. Say, Lord, listen, listen, I, I prepare, even I prepare my heart. Say, God, you know, as we are entering the season of your, or, or your birth of your, your son, Jesus Christ, man, prepare my heart. Prepare my life. Is anything there that should not be there? Is anything there that, that, that I know that I'm struggling with, Lord? Is anything there that, that you know, that it should not be there? You know, we ask the Lord to prepare the way in our lives. For it to happen. You know, it's an opportunity to reflect on our life, to, to identify those areas where we have fallen short and seek God's forgiveness. Man, you know, listen to me, church, and I know sometimes we, you know, this Christmas season, this time of the year, people are looking for hope. 
People are looking for hope. And you must, you could be the only hope they have. You could be the only light into the dark world around them. That you can shine Jesus to them. And listen, listen, you know, you know, that's not important. What's important is that you love Jesus. What's important is that there's hope for your life. There's a transformation. If you give your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, it can change your life forever. But we need to show them the way you can do that. But let's not forget the second part to the call is forgiveness. You know, the beauty of the gospel's message is that repentance is met with God's boldness, forgiveness. In Jesus Christ, we find a Savior who, who, who came to heal, to restore, to forgive. His birth, life, death, and resurrection opened the way for us to, to reconcile with God. Think about it. You know, he, he, he brought that to us. You know, the, the forgiveness, the restoration and forgiveness in our life. Because if we wasn't have, if he had not been for the Lord, many of us would be lost today. Where will your, what will your life look like if you have not served Jesus today? What will your life look like if you were away from God? You know, will you be in drugs? Will you be on the street? Will, will you be who knows doing what? You know what? You know what? But thank God you're in church this morning. Thank God you're in the house of God. You know what? It, it might not look pretty all the time, but I'm in church, Pastor. I'm serving God. You know what? Yes, I struggle, and yes, I stumble, and yes, I messed up. But I tell you what, I, I love Jesus. I love God. And, and one of these days is going to turn my life completely around as long as I'm holding on to the Lord. I'm going to make it. You know, and, and in this Advent, let's respond to his call with, with a sincere heart. Let us embrace the, the cleansing power of repentance and experience the joy of forgiveness. We need to do that. Let us strip away the layers of sand and shame and, and the weight of us down and embracing the freedom and the peace that comes from being forgiven. You know, there's a lot of people walk to the doors of the church. They feel like God doesn't love them. They feel like they're not forgiven. You know what? I've done so much shame. I've done so much wrong. And, and they still come to church, but they have all this guilt. Listen, I come to tell you this morning that it's all washed under the blood of Jesus Christ. You have been forgiven. You have been forgiven. Man, and that is a wonderful thing, that we are forgiven. You know, now, now, now it doesn't give us a free ticket to do what we want to do. Lord, forgive me. Lord, I understand. No, you know what? God forgives you, but you got to turn it around. You, you got to change. You got to behave that lifestyle. You got to behave that. Is that when you, when you discipline your children, you know, when they're, when they're young? You know, you say, listen, I'll let it slide this time, but next time, you know, next time I'm going to send you to your mom. <laughs> when, when I was younger, I'd rather go to my dad than my mom. Anybody I'm talking about? My, my dad was kind of kind sometimes, well, sometimes, but sometimes your mom could be harder. She would grab la chancla, a slipper, and, and let you have it, you know? But, but guess what? It was okay because look how, you, look how good you turn out now, huh? You know what? There's a difference between discipline and abusing. You know, you can discipline your children and guide them and direct them, but there's a difference when you're, when you're abusing them. But that's what the Lord does. 
Sometimes he disciplines us. We, we don't like the discipline, ¿verdad? We don't like to be, to, be, to be disciplined by God. And, you know, and how many know God has a way of humbling us real quickly? Real quickly, he can humble you. You know, that's why all the time you got to give praise to God. You got to give glory to God. You know, what you have right now is because God gave it to you. You know, and I urge you, not, you know, don't let this season pass without taking time to, to examine your heart, to, to turn to God in repentance. But not only that, but we need to also talk about the readiness for Christ's return. This is important. You know, and I want us to look at, at a profound parable by Jesus himself, one that speaks directly to our theme of readiness. It is in the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus tells about the, the ten virgins, a story that illustrates the importance of being prepared for his return. The Bible tells us that it says, in the kingdom of heaven will, will be like ten virgins who took their lambs and went to meet the bridegroom. But at midnight, there was a cry. Here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and, and trimmed their, their lambs. Turned their lambs. You know, you know what, what is, you know what he's talking about in scripture? You know, ladies and gentlemen, this parable is a powerful reminder that readiness for Christ's return is not something to be taken lightly. It, it, it's called to be vigilant, to, to be active, to be, to be prepared for the coming of the Lord. That, that we come, that we get ready just as the wise virgins were ready with oil in their lambs. To, we too must be ready with our lives led by the light of faith, hope, and love. We got to be ready. Say, you know what? I, I know that tomorrow is another day, but I know that he can come today. You know what? We got to be ready. We got to be prepared in our hearts as, as we journey through this world. And, and we go to Walmart and, and we go to Publix and, and, and we go to work on Monday morning. You know what? Yes, I, I'm still part of this world. But, but, but any moment I can be gone. You know what? Any moment the rapture can take place. Yes, I'm still struggling and I'm going through life. And, you know, I'm still paying the bills and, and I'm still going to CBS for my prescriptions and go, oh, I'm doing all this stuff. But I know that any moment the trumpet can sound, you know what, and I'd be gone from this place. I gotta be a spirit of readiness in my life. Yes, I, I have to go through this life, but I'm still here and doing the stuff that I always have to do. But here I'm always hearing and waiting for that trumpet to sound. The readiness in our life. And we got to be ready like those 10 virgins. Ready. Readiness for Christ's return is about living each day in expectation and preparation. Every day that we live ready. Estamos así, preparados y listos cuando la trompeta va a sonar y, y Dios va a regresar por su, por su gente. Es un día maravilloso. It's going to be a marvelous day when God picks up his people and the trumpet sounds. But anyway, readiness is important. Man, to be ready today, I challenge you, examine your life. Are, are you living in readiness for Christ's return? Are you keeping your spiritual lamp filled with the oil of faith, hope, and love? Let us let this Advent season as a time to renew our commitment to live ready for God in our life. You know, because how many know after a while things can get routine in our lives and 
you know, that is expectation. Get, get. You can lose hope. You can lose hope. But I tell you what, you have to be ready. And, and, and then one more thing, and, and I'm moving on, is this. Righteousness through faith. You know, as we continue our journey through this Advent season, let us, let us ponder deeply the words of John the Baptist, a voice calling in the wilderness, preparing the way for the Lord. In, in Matthew's gospel, he challenges us with a powerful exhortation. He says, bear fruit and keep it with repentance. Friends, this call to bear fruit is a call to live our, our righteousness through faith. It is not about turning away from our sins in repentance. It is about the, the transformation that follows. There's got to be change. You come to repentance, but there's have to be a transformation that takes place. You, you know what? If you experience that forgiveness and repentance, but by continue doing what continue doingly, nothing's changed. We just look good on the outside, but nothing changed in the inside. And the transformation that follows is important. This righteousness is not something we can achieve on our own. It is a gift given through faith in Jesus Christ. It is about a changed life, a life that reflects the love and mercy and the holiness of our Lord. It will show in your life. Righteousness through faith is an active living faith. It's faith that does more than just believe. It's faith that, that acts. H have you seen people that you used to know that they were in the world, but now they go to church and, and, and you see their transformation in their life? In other words, they don't talk like they used to talk. They don't walk like they used to walk. They, they, they're, 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 their lives have changed. There's something about them that looks different. There's something about them that is no longer the same. You know what happened? There's a transformation that has taken place. In their lives. And little by little, their life is being re restored. It's being changed. It's challenges, righteousness. L let us be clear that it's not about earning God's favor. We are saved by grace through faith, not by works. Listen to me. This is important. It's not, it's not what you do for him that saves you. It's what he has done for you that saves you. But because you're safe, you want to do things for him. Because you experience the love of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, the wonders of God in your life. You know, how God has turned your life around. Now you can help but you do wonderful things for him. But it's not because what I do that's going to get me to heaven. No, it's not works. It's faith knowing that what he did for me, dying on the cross, shed his blood, that brings me hope today. And it's because of that precious blood that was shed on the cross for my sins that today I can say I am born again, that I'm going to heaven. Lord, thank you for saving my life. A lot to celebrate about is righteousness or love. Our service, our commitment to Christ's teaching. You know, in this season of Advent, as we prepare our hearts for the coming of Jesus, let also prepare our life to, to be a reflection of his goodness, of his life. Let us be clear. 
It's not about earning God's favor. It's not about earning God's favor. You know, so it's about believing that he can work in our lives, trusting him. So in these days leading to Christmas, let us ask ourselves, are our lives bearing the fruit of righteousness? Are we living our faith in ways that shows the world who Jesus is? This Advent, let us embrace this call to the righteousness through faith, allowing to, to shape our thoughts, our actions, our very lives. You know, and, and, you know because we can get so accustomed to routine our life. Church can become so a routine in our life. But if you allow the message of the, of the Lord, the message of hope, somehow to speak to us and transform us and change us. Because if we don't open our hearts and allow him to do that, we're missing it. We can miss it in our lives. And the last thing in closing is this. Rejoice in Christ's coming. Re rejoicing in Christ's coming. In our lives. You know what? And, and as we draw near to the heart of our Advent message, let us, let us turn our focus to the joyous moments of Christ's coming. The, the, you know, beautifully captured in the Gospel of Matthew. Where the Bible says, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. This simple verse with a profound joy speaks volumes about the response of the wise men upon realizing they were on the, on the cops of meeting the promised Messiah. Their journey filled with anticipation and certainly finished in a moment of overwhelming joy. We, we talked about this a little bit last Sunday about the journey they had to travel, the wise men, the intelligent people, you know, men of prestige, but they saw the star and, and they follow it and, and they lead them to a manger, to a stable where, where Jesus himself, the, the, the birth of the Lord, God in incarnation was there, you know, in the flesh and, and they bow down and they worship the Messiah. You know, it's in our experience in our life. This joy that the wise men experience is a cornerstone of, of our Advent season. It is a joy that transcends mere happiness. It deep, abiding joy roots in the knowledge of what Christ's coming means for humanity. It is a joy born out of the realization that... In Jesus, God has entered our world, offering redemption, reconciliation, and restoration in our lives. It is that we see that, man, that there, the coming, that we can rejoice in the Lord. The joy of Christ's coming is a reminder of the incredible love God has for each one of us. It is a love so vast that is that is bridged the immersed gap between heaven and earth, between the divine and the human. In Jesus, we see the embodiment of his love, a love willing to become vulnerable, to be born in a manger, to live among us, to teach us, and ultimately to die for us. Man, he, he, he brought the bridge together. He, he was the bridge between that gap in our life. If it wasn't for him, we would be lost today.
Man, so much to be thankful for. It's not just another Christmas. It's not just another toy. It's something that speaks to us profound and a spiritual in our life. It brings a transformation in our life, a hope that we have never, could have never experienced without him. Is that joy in our life. As a worship team make their way up, let us, not, let, let us also understand this joyful, joyful in Christ coming is not just about a historical event. It's a joy that should permanent or, or permanent our lives every day. It is a joy that should be invent in how we live, how we treat others, how we face challenges, how we embrace each day in a world that is often seen filled with despair and darkness, the joy of Christ's birth is a beacon of hope, a reminder that God is with us, Emmanuel. God is, God is with us. In a world, in a world that is so desperate in this God, the pressure of society, the, the pressure of the world, the, the pressure of presence and keeping, keeping up with everything. Man, it can be overwhelming. Nothing wrong with enjoying Christmas, but let us not lose focus. Let us not lose focus while we celebrate this season. While we celebrate Christmas. Christmas, the whole world the whole world celebrates this marvelous event. This marvelous event that is the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Think about it. It's all about His celebration that brings hope to your life. Let us open our hearts to the wonder and majesty of Christ's birth. Let us share this joy with others, spreading the good news of His love and grace. You know, as we reflect on the, on the journey of the wise men, let their example inspire us. Let us seek Christ with the same determination, worship Him with, with the same reverence, and rejoice in His presence with the same enthusiasm of joy that these wise men had. Today I invite you to rediscover the joy of Christ coming. Let us renew, let it, let it renew your spirit, rekindle your faith, and refocus your life on the true essence of Christmas. Christmas. The Christmas story never gets old never gets old we hear it year after year but you know there's people who are here for the very first time the Christmas story that there's hope in their lives there's hope for their lives marvelous story and in closing let us focus on this marvelous in our life that Jesus is the hope, that Jesus is the love of the world. In this season, we are reminded that, that our response to His coming of Christ should be 
as dynamic and active as the shepherds who left their flock to see the, the newborn king as powerful or purposeful as the journey of the Magi following the star to worship him. We are called to be agents of God's love and grace in a world that is so desperately needs it. This world needs God. This world needs Jesus. Man, this world needs hope. Get up on your feet this morning. This hope, this world needs the love of Christ. It's not found in drugs. It's not found in materialistic. It's not found in, in, in anything else. But it's only found in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the hope. He is the light of the world. In a dark place. It's Jesus. Let me ask you this question as we're wrapping it up. This morning, you, you hear this morning, you say, Pastor, I need prayer. I need prayer this morning. Maybe you need to experience the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. You say, Pastor, I need salvation. I need, I need salvation in my life. I need to come to the Lord. This Christmas season, what, what great gift I can give my home, my family, my life is to come to Jesus. If that's you on a count of three, right where you're at, just lift your hand. We'll pray for you. If that's you, you need prayer. You need, you need to make things right with the Lord. You need salvation. You're in the right place. The count of three, lift your hand. One, two, three. Lift the hand up. Lift the hand up. I see that hands. I see that hand. Thank you, sir. Thank you, man. Thank you. You can put that hand down. I can see those hands. Thank you. Everybody, just, just close your eyes for a moment. I'm going to ask especially, I'm going to ask everyone, but especially those who lift your hand up. I want you to repeat after me this morning. Heavenly Father, I ask you right now to come into my heart. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. And right now, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you pray that and you mean it, you, 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 are, you, are, you, are, you are saved this morning. Is it, Pastor, you mean is that simple? Yes, it is. It's simple. The Lord made it simple for you. The Lord made it simple for us. If we confess our sins to Him and receive Him into our life. See, it's not complicated, my friend. We make it complicated, but it's not. Is just confessing our sins to the Lord Jesus Christ. 